1: Life is a series of facts. Life is what it is. Awareness will spark everything. It means, all right, now, instead of reacting, I'm gonna think and I'm gonna study. What makes you different and unique is your source of power. So the power to see inside yourself, the power inside to see other people, see the world, you know you're superman if you can do that if you can have a degree of that the world is at your feet today's guest is the legendary
0: number one new york times best-selling author of a string of books on the nature of power itself he's been referenced in songs by jay-z kanye west and drake to name but a few the godfather of power dynamics himself robert
1: green admit you have a problem Admit you don't understand the people you deal with. Even your spouse or your children, they're mysteries to you. You don't really know what they're thinking. So admit that first. When you admit that, now you're motivated to try and learn. There, there are little steps you can take. I won't go through all of them. But the first thing is if you take your, your, your wife or your husband, if you say to yourself, I don't really understand them. I think I do. But a lot of the times when you think you understand them, you're just simply projecting onto them your own emotions. Step back and say, today, I'm going to observe her, her, let's just say from my point of view, in a different way than I normally do. And I'm going to look at her nonverbal communication because I'm a big believer in nonverbals. And today, I'm going to glean one truth about my wife or spouse or partner that I had never noticed before. And I'm going to try and see, perhaps, get to the point where I can begin to understand her perspective. So if for instance, there's an argument or a disagreement, here's another instance where you step back and you go, stop being so self-righteous and maybe try and take the step of understanding her point of view. So, you know, so these are sort of baby steps that you take in, in life. You can use this in your office where you think, you, you know your colleagues but you don't know them and they might be having thoughts about you that aren't very pleasant, that you don't want to confront, step back and start observing them. And I have many, many examples in the book about how, lessons on how you can start observing people, observing their body language, seeing the subtext behind their words, you know, seeing their patterns of behavior. You know, for instance, you'll notice sometimes we all go through this, that when we see our boss, we get a kind of body language and a nervousness that's it's unusual. But when we see somebody else like a friend, suddenly our face lights up and we're much more relaxed and happy. All people are like that. So you want to see how somebody reacts to you when you meet them, when you come up to them, and how they react to other people. And notice that there's a great difference when they see you and suddenly they're very nervous around you. Or they're very excited. That will tell you a lot about yourself and about them. Mm. You're not being observant. I have a chapter on your attitude in life, mm. how you can change your circumstances by changing your attitude. Your attitude towards life will determine what you get. If you're avoidant and hostile towards people, a hostile person will tend to create hostility around him. So how can I alter my attitude? and it's a struggle every single day. I have to be incredibly patient, and I'm not a patient person. You don't try and repress your emotions. You can't write a book, you can't start a business, you can't make a decision about what you want to do without the richness of emotions. The brain is an organic thing, everything works together. So people who have had that damage where they can't feel the emotion, that the the emotions are blocked, and there are brain damage that causes that, it's been shown that they can't make rational decisions because they can't decide. They can't feel what is a, what is good or what is bad, what is an opportunity, what is dangerous. So you want your emotions. You need them. You're not trying to repress them. Repressing emotions will lead to other problems. What you want is just that tiny little bit of distance, that ability, when you're feeling it, to go back and go, hmm, why am I really feeling this? What are the roots of it? That's very powerful ability that you can use, that you can develop through practice, just like exercise will develop your muscles. Through being able to think before you react, it will slowly become natural to you, but you have to practice it, and you have to be aware of that's the source of your problem.
0: Do you have a method for how you practice that?
1: Well... The main thing is to be aware of it, because, you know, we're we're creatures that definitely don't like anything kind of painful. We want our lives to be pleasurable. We've had painful experiences in our life. Generally, in social situations, I maintain that most pain is psychological, and it comes from bad social interactions. Okay, so you don't want pain in your life. Obviously, everyone's going to answer that, right? So... You don't want to make bad decisions. You don't want to have your emotions dragging you along and causing all kinds of havoc. So if you understand that that's the problem, you're now motivated to then try and tackle it. So I could give you the best techniques in the world, but it won't matter at all if you don't feel that need for it, that that hunger for the ability to have a slight degree of control over your own actions. I try and picture it like my thoughts and my emotions they're out there. They're like two feet away from me. They're not inside my head. They're over there. And I could watch my mind creating this little theater of all these little problems and dramas. That's a beautiful thing. I catch myself now because I'm not perfect. I'm very human and I have the same problems that I'm talking about. But I catch myself maybe 50% of the time now. Wow, you're reacting here. That emotional idiot part of you that lizard part of you is taking over and i can step back
0: having just gone through an election cycle the the like absolute sense of urgency with every message at all like it's life and death like ah pay attention and everybody's like fighting and it really feels sort of terrifyingly divided right now and so thinking about okay people are splitting into camps they're conditioning themselves more and more b team players thinking the the right way How can people begin to unwind that so that we can be more open-minded, more mentally flexible, finding a way to um, find a common ground for it? I'm not sure. My real question is around conditioning. How do we recognize it and how do we recondition ourselves?
1: Well, the process is always sort of the same. I'm going to sound kind of monotonous in it, but it comes down to awareness which is the key to all of the things that I talked about in the laws of human nature, you know, we're. So let's assume
0: then that we go, okay, cool. I'm aware of the fact that this is happening now. How do I take control of that process? Like, are is it, be careful about the books you read, be careful about the TV shows you watch or is there something beyond oh. that?
1: Awareness will spark everything. It means, all right, now, instead of reacting, I'm going to think and I'm going to study. Okay. And it's actually, you know, we, we humans, we want things to be fun and pleasurable. But trust me, the process of analyzing things instead of reacting is one of the most fun, pleasurable mental exercises you can ever go through. Because now, whenever I see a television show, whenever I see an outraged talking head on television or whatever, I'm going, hmm, I'm studying their body language. I'm going, what are the nonverbals they're communicating? Where are their ideas coming from? Is this something real? And stepping back and analyzing it is incredibly exciting and it's more entertaining than just getting all emotionally involved in it. So if you know that you're conditioned, if you know that, for instance, um, and they, I think it was, I can't remember who it was that wrote an article recently about how social media and media in general is designed to hit those anger buttons, right? That's how they've been met. That's how they've been navigating these whole four years of Trump. You know, and it's why their ratings have been through the roof. So you know that that's what they're doing. You know that that's what's happening. Now it's exciting to actually see how they're doing it. Wow. I can okay, I pressed on that button that Zuckerberg wants me to press on. Not Zuckerberg, but the technicians there. Okay, why? Why did I do that, Robert? Why am I getting sucked into that, you know? If we saw it completely into ourselves, we would hate ourselves so thoroughly that we wouldn't get out of bed. We would all be killing ourselves. You do need a degree of illusion. You do need a degree of self-esteem and confidence, right? And what happens is, you know, it's kind of like an internal thermostat. And so you have like people who are what I call deep narcissists who have no kind of sense, no anchor inside of them, no real sense of self-esteem to hold on to. And when that self-esteem starts going down, 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 They have no way of dealing with it and their only way of dealing with it is acting out in the way that narcissists act out. So we all have, if we're not a deep narcissist, we have that thermostat where things start hurting us a little bit and we bring ourselves back up through the self-esteem mechanism so we don't get too depressed and too down. And there's an element of unreality to that, but it's very valuable. And I would never, ever, ever want to burst that. You need a degree of illusion in your life. It's very important, but, if you really want change, if you're really fed up, if you're not kidding yourself, if you're not going through this bullshit process, yeah, I kind of want to change my life, but you don't really mean it. Then nothing, you no words, no, no therapy will ever get you to that point. Mm. You almost have to hit bottom. You almost have to tell yourself, I can't take this anymore. And now the motivation is so deep that you're able now to go through, to begin the process of going through that kind of self analysis. Because it's the only way you're going to get out of it. It's the only way. You know, a lot of, the, of, of our culture is making this worse in a way, unfortunately. I mean, there's good things in our culture now, but there are bad things.
0: Give me some of the bad.
1: Well, I think social media, for all the good that it does, makes it very hard to be self-reflective. Interesting.
0: I, I thought for sure you were going to say just leads us to compare ourselves. Why does it make it hard to be self-reflective?
1: Well, it does. Well, comparing yourself is not self-reflective. When you compare yourself, your standard is always what other people are doing, right? They're on these great vacations. He's got a great job. Tom has this amazing house where I'm living in this hovel in Los Feliz, right? That's not looking at myself. That's always having the other person as the standard. It makes us so out of in the world, in other people, what other people are saying, what other people are doing. It makes us continually think in the social sense and not able to turn inside and look at how who we are, what makes us different. We're so attuned to what's cool, to what other people are doing out there, to what other people are saying, that we lose a kind of an intuitive grasp of who we are. Right, so the psychologist Abraham Maslow talked of impulse voices. He said that a child of one years old has this impulse voice that says, I like this fruit, I don't like this fruit, I'm gonna throw it away, right? And, the, and then other things, these, these voices inside that make them that individual, this is what they like and what they hate, right? And these are very, very important as you develop later in life. You know this is what you love, these are the subjects that interest you, these are subjects you're not interested in, these are the people you like, these are the people you don't like, it's who you are, in the deepest sense of it, it's your what I call your primal inclinations. It's you at its core. And if you're so attuned to what other people are saying and doing and telling you and thinking, that voice gets drowned out by a million other voices. And you're not able to hear yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to take a step back and actually look at yourself and analyze yourself. So the power to see inside yourself, the power inside to see other people, to see the world, you know, you're Superman if you can do that. If you can have a degree of that, the world is at your feet, basically. So, you know, there's, I don't think there's any counter argument to that <laughs> where you don't want that kind of realism. And it's not this ugly thing, it's incredibly sexy because it's incredibly powerful, mm. right? So, we've now come to the point, you and I, we agree that that's what you want. The person out there is going, Yeah, I want that as well. Okay, Robert, that's fine. How do I get there? Aha. Well, you have to be patient. You have to know it's a process you can't get ahead of yourself you can't get ahead of your skis it's going to take day by day by day by day you have to build it up you're working against your own nature you're working against the times so be patient be compassionate with yourself and learn to take these baby steps and in the book daily laws i have a lot of different ways of attacking that the main way of attacking it is a learning the ability as we talked about earlier to be able to detach yourself from the immediate events going on and to be able to look at yourself with a degree of dispassion and say, this is what I really did, uh, what really happened here. So just a simple example, something kind of doesn't go the way you want it to, which will happen almost every day or every week, (laughs) you know, with your children, with your spouse, with your boss, wherever. Okay. What is your normal reaction? Every single human, including myself. Blame that person. They're not caring. They're not empathetic. They're an asshole. They're narcissistic, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. Stop it right now. Don't do that again. Step back and say, what did I do? Okay, if that person is toxic, why am I involved with them? There's something wrong about me. If that person got reactive and resentful and they had a bad tone of voice, something that I said, Maybe there was something in me that was projecting kind of negativity. Maybe my own mood wasn't really, was kind of creating this atmosphere that made them react that way. Look at yourself instead of blaming other people. You know, these are parts of the process. There are many others, but yeah. Dude, that is so.
0: and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination. yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Huge. People always, so I have a saying that I like that most people fucking hate, which is everything is my fault. i love it it's so useful so uh fault is a word that gives people i don't know emotional distress or something And so they don't like when i use that phrase um but what i like to remind myself is that if i did something different i could get a different outcome right and that's so powerful to me to not by blaming somebody else by making it their fault i give away all my power and there's nothing i can do about it and now i'm sort of a victim of circumstance but man, when you take 100% ownership and you look at your life and say, my life is an exact reflection of choices that I've made. Yeah. Now, if I want it to be different, then I just need only make different choices.
1: Completely. And, and, and one of the things that's like that is if something went wrong, maybe, and I'm to blame, just accept it. Just accept the fact that it happened. Don't try to change it, but just say that this has happened and I'm not going to fight it and it's just my fate in life, you know, it's okay, right? So the ability to accept things is also taking ownership of them. So if something bad happens and you can't really control it, because let's be honest, there are times that you can't control things. They're just gonna happen. Who predicted a a pandemic? You can't control that, right? So your first reaction is to get all pissy and go, damn it, why did it happen? Fuck, 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 I'm a victim, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's just going to make you more depressed, more inward, more harder to act in the world. Whereas if you say, okay, I can't control the pandemic. It's a terrible thing, but I'm going to roll with the punches. I'm going to accept the way things are. I'm not going to fight it. This is the way the world is. What can I get out of it? What kind of benefit? Well, maybe I can reassess my career. Maybe before the pandemic happened, I was just headed in this path and I, wasn't, I was kind of blind, maybe my, I, I'm not really happy with what I am. I'm not happy with my relationships, with my career. Maybe I need to reassess it. Maybe it's time for me to be alone and read books and, and study and, and learn new skills, etc. So the ability to, to accept things that you can't change and to see some benefit from them is also part of that. What mechanisms do you use to reset every day? I meditate every morning. I've been doing that for several years, for eight years now, religiously. Um, And in those meditations, I confront myself. So I'm sitting there meditating and my meditation is all about emptying the mind, but it's impossible to empty the mind. So as you're meditating, thoughts come to you, anxieties, worries, resentments. I've trained myself to question where they are. Each time I feel anger, at my sibling or my mother or, or friend for saying something that I misinterpreted. I go, that's your ego speaking. You're, these people weren't saying something that was personal. You just have your ego, which is always getting in your way. Question it. So question my impatience, my frustrations, etc. The meditation has really helped me. Then uh, a, fr- a, a friend of mine um, wrote saying about the stroke, well, look at it this way that it's kind of an adventure, that you're having to experience things you've never experienced before. They go, wow. You know, I think I'm so brilliant, but I'm not. Sometimes other people have the best ideas. I'm always stealing their ideas. That was a great idea. This is an adventure. This is something new. I'm having to learn it. It can be exciting. Although, really, I'm feeling kind of bitter and angry. I have to confront that and move past it. Amor Fati. Yes, exactly. Tell people what that means. Well, it's a Latin expression that literally means love of fate. <clears throat> and <clears throat> it's, it was created by the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, who's one of my great icons in life, one of my favorite writers. And basically his idea was that we humans normally go through life kind of not accepting things. We want things to be different from the way they are. We want to have a better wife or husband. We want our children to be better. We don't like the political system. We want this sort of utopia to suddenly come about. We want people to be different. We want this. We want that. And to Nietzsche, that meant you are anti-life. You are against life because life isn't like that. Life is a series of facts. Life is what it is. We've evolved a certain way. Your reality is a certain way. It is what it is. And by pushing against, you hate life. You want to love life. You want to love fate. And what fate means, things happen to you you can't control. You didn't control who your parents are. You didn't control what city you were born into, what school you went into. You didn't control whether you were born rich or poor, right? There's much you can't control, that's fate. Accept it for what it is. Stop whining and stop going, I want something else. Embrace your world, your life. Our fear of death is probably the greatest influence on our behavior throughout history. We're the only animal that's conscious of our mortality. And it's caused an incredible reaction We're avoidant, we're anxious, we invent an afterlife, a heaven where we'll all go, right? Or today, we never see death. We never see people die in hospitals. We never see the animals that we eat being killed. We have no confrontation with death personally in our life, completely disconnected from it. It makes us anxious and fearful and that controls everything about our behavior. We become anxious and fearful about everything. So the ability to accept death and look it square in the eye and accept this is your reality, that you're not going to live forever, is very liberating. So Amor Fati is a step from turning your back, that's faced this way, going, here's life, and oh, I hate it, I don't want it, to turning around and facing it, going, I accept it, I love it, I embrace it. And it has a very powerful effect. We humans naturally want power we want a degree of control over our our lives so imagine the scenario where you can't control anything about your children they just run wild you can't influence them you can't control any of the behavior of your spouse that's irritating the fuck out of you you can't control your colleagues who are plotting all these things you have no con- and your boss is making you crazy you have no control that's a recipe for incredible mi- not only misery but depression for turning into all kinds of health problems, for turning to drugs and alcohol, for going off the deep end by the time you're 40, right? So you want power in your life. Power is, I have goals, I have a fate, I have a destiny in life, I want by the time I'm 40 to reach them. The ability to reach that, to have control over yourself and and to a degree of your emotions, not repressing them, but some control, right? will help you realize those goals. That is power. Power isn't like some politician up there you know, weaving all these Machiavellian things to hurt and destroy people. That's the cliche. If you've been watching House of Cards for too long. I know nobody watches that anymore, but whatever the new show is. So that's not power. Power is the ability to guide yourself in a, through a very dangerous world, very competitive world, where every, we're almost all having to kind of work for ourselves where we don't get much help or cooperation from the world. We're thrown out of the university if we go to college. And here we're in this world where there are no rule books telling us how to navigate it. It's very complicated and very difficult and you make mistakes that you can suffer for. And power is knowledge, is ideas, is understanding how to navigate a very dangerous world, okay? So you want that to get back on track to what I was saying so you want that right you want to be this is something that i talk about in mastery the idea of wasting your potential of never realizing your goals of never being able to 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 create that business you wanted to create or make that film that you think is in you or start the business that you're starting tom you know that's what you want in life and if you don't want that there's nothing i can say that'll help you right I'm starting with the assumption that you want that. And I think most people do want that. Okay. So your, your rage, you're, you're constantly being wasting time on the internet. You're constantly being infect, infected by the emotions of other people is wiping away day by day, second by second, all of your own power, right? Because what is your power? Your power as you Tom, is to be able to realize what makes you different, what makes you unique. You had I don't quite remember the full trajectory of your career, but I remember you early on with the health company that you had started and all this. and then you had a plan. Your plan is to create this kind of empire. I'm not trying to reveal your secrets here, but you had I'll reveal away. Okay, you have this idea of creating a new kind of empire, sort of a new Disney, right? And that comes from something within. I'm assuming that there's something of the child in you. That wants that that you've wanted that for a while that it it represents something that's unique about you it's not something that comes from social media or the people around you that could play a small role but it's mostly something from within you it's you okay and that's you what makes you different and unique is your source of power and the days you spend getting angry about things that aren't have nothing to do with your day-to-day life they're they're corroding that uniqueness of you and they're making you a conforming Pavlovian dog, that's just like everybody else out there in the world. If you look at the people who are truly successful and powerful, see them as kind of models or icons to reach, okay? It's not to say that we all have to be incredibly successful to feel fulfilled, I'm not saying that. I know people who are are really great carpenters, who are great at that and that's really fulfilling. And I know people who who just wanna be parents and that's their life's task and it's tremendously fulfilling. But the people who are really successful even at those things, we can say that they're that they're unique, that they're one of a kind, that there's nobody else like them. And that is the source of your power, right? So you want that. If you don't want that, I can't help you. But if you do want that, you're the time you're wasting getting enraged and being manipulated and feeling all these things and just getting into that lizard part of you. Is time you're wasting, and, and your life is, is a lot shorter than you think it is. I did a book with 50 Cent called The 50th Love, and I hung out with 50 for several months. He's a great guy. We're still friends. 50 had an even worse near-death experience than I was. He was shot nine times, very close range. Well, it went through his jaw. He came this close to dying. And he said, and I've noticed it in him since then, that nothing can phase him after that. How can he be afraid of anything in life once he came that close to death? So he has this kind of zen calmness that I've witnessed. You don't think of 50 as being zen and calm. You think of him as this angry, kind of thug-like rapper. But in real life, he's an incredibly calm person who never seems to get riled by things. Well, I've had a little bit of that effect myself. Um, so I've noticed the people around me, like my mother or other people, they're all freaking out about what's happened to me. My like, oh, God, we got to keep. you might fall, you might do this. Gotta... And I, I don't care really, I, don't, I feel calm. I feel more calm than I felt in a long time. So that was kind of a counterintuitive thing that I wasn't expecting. Now
0: is that because you feel like there's nothing left to take away, now every day is a gift, or
1: um, what, is, what is the calmness born of? It's definitely that, and then it's definitely, it helps the fact that I've written, this is my sixth book, The Loss of Human Nature was sort of like my ultimate, I like vomited out of me everything that I had built over the last 20 years into this one book, all the things I've learned, all my anger, I got it out into this one book. So if I die, I don't have to, I don't have any regrets. You know, I'd like to write a seventh and an eighth book. I have other ideas, but I could die and I'm okay. I lived a great life. And I talk a lot about that in mastery and in this book, that the worst feeling in the world is to be facing death and to think, damn it, I've wasted my life. And I want people out there to realize that if you're 20s and you're 30s, you don't want to reach that point. You don't want to waste your time and become 55, 58, have a stroke, Face death, and what have you done? Nothing. You've moved from job to job. You tried this, you tried that with half an energy. You really have nothing to look back on. That's the worst feeling. So, you know, I don't have that problem, I don't think. So that's part of how I'm able to stay calm. But the other thing is, you say, bring it on. What worse can happen? I've already experienced it, you know? I'm somebody who has a great deal of fear of death, and now I had to deal with it. So, eh, it's all right, it's
0: not that bad, I can handle it. Read everything this man has ever written. I'm telling you, he is absolutely right. These are books that get under your skin. They will change the way that you look at the world, they will change the way that you look at human nature, and most importantly, If you let it, they will change the way you look at yourself. And we didn't even get into some of the extraordinary stuff that he talked about in the book about how you develop self-esteem, the story that you tell yourself, how you construct your sense of self, how it's used both as a mask and as a way to reflect back on yourself. It is incredibly extraordinary. And as you go on the journey of reading the book, if you're open to it, you will see yourself in many of the darker elements of human nature i am sad to say that i think all of us will see bits and pieces of ourselves through all of the 18 laws of human nature not all of them are flattering but if you're willing to really get that level of understanding like he said from there you can change yourself but if you don't first understand yourself then that is absolutely hopeless and that has really been the extraordinary journey that he's taken us on as readers thus far through all six of his books is to just understand, as he called other people, facts of nature. I think that's so interesting. And to see yourself in that pantheon as well, to understand that there are parts of you that are just facts of nature. And to really come to understand those is to come to understand yourself, is to be a master of yourself. And that journey is something that I'm extraordinarily grateful to him for laying out in this book so eloquently. I think it is worth every second that you will spend on it. I cannot highly recommend it enough.
1: I have a new website. It's at robertgreenofficial.com. I hope I have that right. I'm really, Robert Green Official? Yeah. Your socials are at Robert Green Official. Yes. And there you will find Instagram. I have TikTok, believe it or not. My man. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. This new generation to. needs to know. Okay. So I have TikTok, if I need TikTok Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and then a uh, website where you can get links to all of my books and some of my... Ancient blog posts and things like and interviews, it's in my YouTube channel.
0: Alright guys, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.
1: <laughs> Robert, that was amazing, dude.